Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio, South Asian show. My name's Gerns. I'm here with Halima. And you know what? Let's not waste any time. We've got a lot to get through today. Getting straight into. Bad Vibes Island. Basically, there's been a number of revelations this week regarding both Matt Hancock ex-health secretary and also more recently there's been a number of new photos released um involving ex-prime minister boris johnson at alleged gatherings during covid now yeah more which is why again i mean we're gonna get into this but even before we start saying this just doesn't feel scandalous anymore it's just kind of like yeah so basically Like I said, there's been these photos of Boris Johnson, but then also there has been the leaked WhatsApp messages from Matt Hancock, which, again, it's just like... I was just going to say, I've seen, but I don't know the full story. Well, this is the thing. I'm kind of looking through these Matt Hancock WhatsApp messages, and I'm just kind of like, at this point, what don't we know? Like, or what is actually that? that much of a big thing compared to what we already have done i think the main messages that have been going around is at one point he was conversing with gavin williamson ex-education secretary and it's so funny because each of these people are like x this 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 x this 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 um and matt hancock messaged gavin going um excellent speech today what a load of um rude words the teaching unions are and gavin replied saying yeah um just don't want to work yeah they just don't want to work and then matt hancock replied with emojis with laughing face and then they hit the nail on the head emoji like arrow target which is just bearing in mind that this message was allegedly from 2020 so this is like beginning of the pandemic as well when it's like still i don't think actual proper testing or vaccines was really that widely accessible at this point either and i imagine teaching unions were very rightly raising their concerns about having to be exposed to um hundreds of kids which obviously come from hundreds of different households and therefore maximum like increased possibility of actually being exposed to covid at that time which is just like yeah i mean and but again like it's it's uh, horrendous but it's like who leaked who leaked them i know the official body that leaked them was the telegraph i think but um i don't know as to who actually how are they getting access to their private like yeah conversation it must be like they must have hacked them or something right yeah I've no idea. There was a there was an article about it, but I, again, I couldn't be bothered to read it. Like, I genuinely think if you've hacked Matt Hancock, that's not the juiciest thing you've found. Come on, like, mm. what what are they? What? Come on, give us the juicy. Whoever yeah. it was, give the us messages the messages between him and his um affair person. Yeah, like, yeah, give how us did the that good come stuff. about? Come on, we had to suffer through matt hancock being minister of god like number of things we just had to suffer matt hancock i think for our troubles we deserve a little bit of expose true yeah no i agree expose you know give us the Mm -hmm. juicy stuff i don't i'm not that bothered about him messaging this uh whoever it was yeah yeah, no, I agree. But, but this is the problem, right? Well, it's like, how do we actually hold these people accountable anymore? Because we don't, and it's and it's like, obviously, I think maybe if we had heard this story come out like two years ago before all the other stuff, maybe I would have been a bit more like, oh my god, that's so terrible. But like, after all the fraud and the you know all the other stuff I'm yeah kind of, um, the scandalous affairs i'm just like oh matt's literally been on i'm a celebrity since like <laughs> yeah i'm like after after all the other terrible stuff that he's done i'm like okay this text message is like it's really not that bad in comparison mm. the other um quite bad thing that quite a lot of people are talking about is there's messages from 
again, I think around the beginning of lockdown, during which Matt said that we're going to need to get heavy with police, um, which, again, is to be expected. But then it's the added hypocrisy that obviously we know now that he's actually broken a number of um, his own rules. So it's just kind of like you're telling everyone that you want to get the police massively um, involved on clamping down and actually enforcing these rules of yours, but you're happy to be breaking your own rules behind the scenes and not actually... Yeah, obviously you're not getting policed in that same manner. You know what I, I mean? think it's... You know what it is? You know what's interesting about these messages? I think that it's just interesting to see the other side of it. Like, we're, we're now on, on more or less the, the other side of the the pandemic now where we've seen these people disgrace themselves touch wood touch wood yeah yeah where we've seen these people like disgrace themselves to the through the way they handled it you know everything from literally stealing taxpayer money to um breaking covid laws to having an affair literally in parliament all of these things um it's just interesting to see what was actually going on behind the scenes at the time like because they come on they give this kind of like really half hearted like very lackluster apology like oh but really, at the time, they were really doing these things like without a genuine care of the consequences. Like it's just a very casual thing to say. Like, yeah, we'll just we'll just put the police force in. You know, like yeah, teaching unions—they're just lazy. Um, yeah. I think that's 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 what's interesting to see. But other than that, I'm actually not surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, what's Matt Hancock doing now? So he's still a member of the Conservative Party, but he sits in the House of Commons as an independent, having had the whip suspended since November 2022 when he went on Amicelab. How does that work? So it's like... How can he be an independent if he's a member of the Tory? Well, you can be... He, he's sitting there and he's representing them as an independent... Well, it's, it's like, for example, you know how Jeremy Corbyn was suspended. I feel like he could probably still be a member of the Labour Party, but just couldn't stand as an elected member. Do you, know, do you understand what I'm saying? It's like you're still a part of the club, but you can't represent them in that way. Yeah, got it. So yeah, but basically, basically he's still an MP. He's such a parasite. Like, why well, he just needs to give it all up, just go retired a house in the country or somewhere like in our opinion in our opinion have some humility and just hide for the rest of his days in my opinion it was quite amusing how um his pandemic diaries book came out and i don't think it did very well so oh did he actually write a book in the end yeah let me see if you can actually after i'm a celeb i think it came out around that time yeah yeah it's available on amazon um, for twenty pounds. No. Who on earth is buying Matt Hancock's book for twenty pounds? Wait. Go on the news. Go on the news to see what he was doing. The inside story of Britain's battle against COVID with Isabel Oakshot. But I swear that's the person that leaked the messages. Oh, We're she, on oh, to something. It's <laughs> it it her book. Like she is the one who's kind of written it with him. Oh, she's leaked some of these messages. So she co-authored his book, yeah. but then leaked his messages. So she yeah. leaked more against him. She says that she released messages sent by Matt Hancock during COVID as she believes it's in the public interest. You know what it is? She's done this... Wait, so it, why is she writing this book with him then? Well, again, this is what I'm saying. In my opinion, I think what's happened here is she's made this book with Matt Hancock expected it to do well it hasn't done well and now she's like okay how can i remain relevant and has dropped these yes. whatsapp messages if it was in the public interest then why would you not have released them before do you know what i mean beforehand before yeah. your book that came out that is yeah. 20 pounds are not really selling much yeah yeah again this is our opinion but excellent power of deduction I mean, can you look inside you can read an excerpt. Story time, guys. Story time. In human history, there has never been anything like the speed and intensity of the pandemic which swept the world in 2020. Governments did their best, but most struggled to respond to the remorseless virus and our fast-changing understanding of how it should be fought. I was in the hot seat, 
From the first warning signs in Wuhan to the massive national response, I was at the centre of events. It was the most important thing I have done in my life and I gave it my all. I am proud of what we achieved, especially on the vaccine, but there is much to learn for the next public health crisis of this kind, which I am sure will happen in my lifetime. I've had How insufferable. <laughs> How insufferable. That was like three sentences and it was all about him. I was in the hot seat. I was in the middle of it all. I single-handedly defeated COVID. Again, he's not said okay. that, but you no, get the vibe. <laughs> But why is he making it all about himself? What a weirdo. Yeah, if you want to go get that, guys, 20 quid on Amazon. $17.99 for the Kindle version, which I think is ridiculous. How can it cost only £3 less to have a digital version? Like, I do not recommend that anyone buys Matt Hancock's book. That's my honest yeah. opinion. But conclusion on this element of things, I think the point is we're not really that surprised anymore and it's just it is just a case of it's just disillusionment after a point and then it's yeah. just kind of like whatever comes out it's you just roll your eyes a little bit and you're like ugh, mm. not not so disappointed but not surprised also because i do think it's really not the worst of what he's done which is bad right like because it's objectively bad yeah, well, it's, it's exactly. Not the worst the, of what he's done. Yeah, to clarify, what we're saying is these text messages that are being revealed—they're not the worst things that he's done. Like in our opinion, yeah, yeah, some yeah. of the actions that he's took have been a lot more catastrophic in terms of deaths and illness during cost COVID. of human life. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Okay, we're going to play a bit of music now, but when we come back, we're going to continue with Bad Vibes Island, so stay tuned for that. Don't look too disappointed. Before the break, I was saying how we're going to continue with Bad Vibes Island. Bad Vibes Island. And I know you're a bit disappointed. However, this Bad Vibes element does have a positive ending in some sense, some might argue. So and I don't know what you're talking about. So yeah. So what I wanted to discuss was the outcome of the Stephen Bear Georgia Harrison situation. Oh, okay, yeah. Which the outcome of which was decided today. So for oh, the, is it? I thought I thought he was already. Go on, go ahead. I think he, or maybe he received his sentence today. I'm not sure. Oh, okay, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Because I know he received the v- guilty verdict a while back. Yeah, but it's, it's done yeah, okay. now. So. Basically, um, Stephen Bear, if you don't know him, or Stefan, I'm going to say Stephen because I think it's Stephen. He um, won Big Brother in 2016, but he um, shared CCTV footage of him having sex with Georgia Harrison, who, if you don't know, was on season three of Love Island, and she's also on TOWIE as well. Um, So he released CCTV footage of them him having sex in the garden in 2020 on OnlyFans. Um, without her consent. Yeah, without her consent. He's claimed that he had deleted the footage, but was found guilty of voyeurism and two counts of disclosing private sexual photographs and films. Oh, yeah, and like you said, this was found in, in December. Um and today it's been announced that he um, has been jailed for 21 months for sharing this tape. Um, obviously, Georgia Harrison said that she's been through absolute hell since the footage was shared in 2020. Like, and like I said... Wasn't it, wasn't it revenge porn? Like, I, I thought, I, I remember reading yeah. that it was like revenge porn or something like that. Well, I think anything... I don't know the exact context behind this, but I think anything is considered revenge porn when it's obviously footage of sexual um intercourse that um has been uploaded without consent i think anything to do with that is considered like regardless the point is obviously he's he's taken an uh, an intimate video with him and i think she was his girlfriend at the time or they were involved in some capacity she said that she saw him send the footage to someone on whatsapp later in the day and then later that year she was made aware that the footage was circulating online. So clearly from whilst they were 
I, I believe the actual intercourse itself was consensual, as I haven't seen anything yeah. to do with that. So clearly it was whilst they were together, he allegedly has sent this to someone else. And then obviously later in the year, it started circulating online. But mm. even, again, and I think it's okay for us to talk about this now because the actual, he's been found guilty on, yeah. and he's um, received his yeah. sentence. But even if he wasn't the person that had actually uploaded to OnlyFans or whatever why it came from him yeah why why did you send that to someone else but I think really what this is is it's a it's a conversation about kind of the nuances of consent a lot of people think that consent is literally just about whether it's sex or rape that's what they think it's just about the actual act of intercourse people think that's only where consent comes in but actually consent is kind of anything to do with um anybody's uh like uh, bodily agency and like their own kind of human dignity and respect and all of those things right <coughs> and in this instance <clears throat> um they had consensual well they had sex if it's not consensual it's, it's rape obviously um and he then without her consent went and circulated what is like private footage of her in a very um kind of vulnerable state right um once again without her consent that breaks kind of the um the un- the, the agreement of consent when you are having inter- intercourse with someone because it's not just it doesn't th- consent doesn't just kind of go beyond the actual act it goes sorry consent doesn't just exist within the actual act it goes beyond that as well right um and I think a lot of people would do good to understand. Just because you had, like, sex with somebody, just because you had intercourse intercourse with somebody, does not now mean that you get um, ownership of their body images and videos of their body, right? You are not entitled to, to circulating images of their body. That's still, that body is still theirs. They had... They, that you guys shared that moment together you shared intercourse together and then as soon as it ends that person is is not even as soon as it ends the whole way through only one person controls everybody's body and that's yourself yeah no i think whilst obviously this has been horrific for georgia i'd like to think that the outcome of this case and especially the fact that it's happened not to um the average person but someone who is very much in the limelight and has been celebrated previously for example if he's one big brother then clearly he was seen in some kind of positive light at some stage the fact that he's been Mm -hmm. held accountable for that in the public light i would like to think would send a message to anyone that is thinking about doing a similar sort of thing you know what i mean this happens all the time by the way like that's why i say like it it has to be a much larger conversation surrounding like um content because consent because what what happens is like we do see it with like that's why i guess they called it revenge porn right it's basically this idea that (coughs) two people who are sharing a consensual sexual relationship share intimate photos and videos of each other obviously with the understanding that it is only for each other's eyes that it's not going to it's not property that that the other person then gets to share and circulate with impunity and without the other person's permission um so when they do do that because it happens extremely extremely often that that's what we then call like revenge porn basically um and it's a a very very pervasive phenomenon especially um it, it it's men towards women where they will like um kind of solicit certain images of um as i say mostly women but we'll just say victims yeah more often than not it is yeah it is yeah but obviously it can happen the other way around as well so it's it's a situation where they'll like solicit images and videos from the victim and then um use that to like extort them to blackmail them to pressure them into kind of to to coerce and pressure them into doing certain things that, that the victim otherwise would not do um 
So it's definitely a very, very, very serious thing. And I'm extremely glad that the verdict has been what it is, that he's been found guilty and that he's now going to be punished for it because um, I think it's something that has been allowed to happen for a very, very long time um, without much kind of like public or political or legal condemnation for. Yeah, I think as well it's because... I don't think when people see this sort of thing, I don't think the first thing that they think is revenge porn. I think they just think of it as just being a sex tape in itself. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Because I think when you first think sex tape, the first thing that comes to my mind is obviously something as like Ray J, Kim Kardashian, right? (laughs) Which is like, obviously that, that in itself is turned into something of like a pop culture moment. Moment, I'm not sure as to the, consent consensual situation behind that of how or how that came out or whatever but i think definitely Mm. it's got to the place where that was um that's not viewed as being a negative thing that's viewed as being like a a comedic thing to a lot of people right but actually do you know what you when you think about it she doesn't i swear she she like paid to have it taken down or something like that like i know that she's really like it's it's not great now because I think one of her kids was on Roblox or something and someone on there like sent a link to it, which is a bit yeah, like yeah. yeah, but I mean that's that's another scary thing <clears throat> with kind of like like porn websites and um kind of sexual work platforms being as pervasive as they are. Um it, it's that it's very hard to control what content goes on and what content kind of stays off because and this is a really really dangerous thing about just the internet in general is that once something's out there Mm. how do you remove it completely because the way people will like download and re-upload and download and re-upload on so many different sites under so many different usernames like it's it's almost like like it's it's i would say it's actually impossible now let's say for example like this you know the kim k's sex tape i would say it's impossible now for her to ever get rid of that like completely yeah no i i would think that i think she might be able to ensure that it's not on any the big sites and yeah, stuff like that but, but if you wanted to you could dig around and find it because yeah like black web and or maybe not even that extent like i think i i imagine because the, the way that they do it with um copyright and songs is that they have the way that a wavelength like waveform moves is like a certain way so they can tell whenever someone uploads something that it's the same waveform and then automatically know okay it's using this song if we want to take it down we can because they don't have the rights to use that but there are ways of getting around that like by changing the pitch and whatnot like i've had it before where like for example like I, d- I feel like Instagram is a lot more with it nowadays because they want to be on the same level as TikTok in terms of using music. But there were loads of times back in the day where I would upload stuff to Instagram um, and I'd upload it with the actual song and it wouldn't work. I changed the pitch by like slightly and then it works. So mm. like I imagine the same type of thing is possible with this sort of content as well, which wouldn't make it more undetectable. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah yeah and regardless like you say once something's out there no one's stopping anyone from downloading it and like they don't even need to put it on the web they could literally have it like and then be like i've got it anyone who wants it send me it do you know what i mean i'll I'll send it to you it is it is kind of like it's it is a wider conversation as i say about consent but also about kind of like internet ownership like ownership of, of 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 those things and how the internet kind of like obscures ownership and rights and entitlement over like what is essentially your own property yeah something that like i was thinking of that kind of links to this which is sort of like a tangent maybe to close with but just something that i was thinking about in it's not necessarily about the internet and it's more about in terms of the morals to do with like consent and relationships that sort of thing if you are in a relationship with someone and you exchange intimate photography, videography, whatever, um, mm, and then you and break then, up. Then you break up. Like, what is the rules with Correct that? Because I, I've I've seen like lots of people discuss this, but I've never actually like come to. I mean, I know what what you would think the actual definite 
answer should be like i realistically if you break up the response should be that you should remove those completely because you're not in a relationship your relationship's not in the same stage that it was but at the same time a lot of relationships obviously are a bit more tumultuous in terms of they might be on and off that sort of thing and it's just the case of are you really going to delete all of someone's nudes every time you have a tiff do you know what i mean so it is a bit of like a I think it's, it's it's about like communication between you and the other person. Yeah. Um, if it's a case where um, you know, like, because obviously, like, you know, relationships, they're not always clean break. It's not always, you know, people break up and then that's it. Like, it's, it's, it's a done deal. Sometimes there is, as Carlos says, a bit of like tumult, a little bit of back and forth and stuff. Um, and I think it's just important in that stage to communicate, like, uh, I still have the photos of you, is that okay? Or for you to communicate, like, hey, listen, you still have those photos of me, please can you get rid of them? Or whether you, th- or if, if you don't mind that they still have them, to, to be like, okay, yeah, fine, whatever, you can still have them. Um, it's just, I think I think in in those stages, unless it's like a very clean break, in which case, like, obviously, you need to just get rid of whatever you had of that person. Um, it's just, I think it's just important yeah. to communicate like on both sides yeah i think at the same time like the onus like 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 I said, on both sides i don't think it should be that if they don't reach out to you saying that they want the, these photos to all these videos to get deleted that doesn't mean that you've like got the go-ahead to keep them forever keep it. Yeah, yeah that shouldn't be the assumption i don't think yeah. so either, no i think as well no. it's kind of like if you if the relationship breaks and you're still keeping those photos videos whatever it's kind of like aside from the consent side of things it's also a bit like i feel like that's gonna prevent you from actually moving on as well do you know what i mean like if yeah still, listen if there's obviously yeah. if you're broken up with someone ideally it should be a clean break and you should get rid of everything of of who whatever that person is i think what it is it's more time it's kind of like it's not i don't even think it's the relation the relationship context that's a bit techie i think it's like situationships or like when you're speaking to someone Mm. that's what i hear a lot like people have nudes from people who they were speaking to like ages ago not because they actively go and look at it or whatever they just forgot that it was there and like when they're scrolling they might find like oh okay so i don't know maybe it's kind of like it should be more standard practice that you know whatever situation you're in with someone if that ever ends then you should like concertedly go back and like get rid of whatever intimate photos you might have of that person just out of respect because obviously if you're not if you're not sharing that like romantic sexual space with someone anymore naturally you are you shouldn't have access to intimate kind of you know yeah because like you say like the whole i didn't even think about that but nowadays the whole I think situationships are more common than actual relationships, to be honest. Like, I think yeah, there's, there's a lot more blurred in terms of relationship boundaries and what's okay and what's not. So I think, mm-hmm, like you say, I think the main thing is just communication and making sure that... I think to be grown up about it, I think if you're, like, keeping stuff to yourself but purely for your own gratification, it's kind of a bit like... that. No, that's very, very weird and yeah. very, very wrong. If you are not like in a consensual mutually reciprocated romantic sexual space with somebody you should not have their nudes unless you've asked them and said hey look listen i know it's ended between us do you mind if i keep your nudes and they for some whatever reason because they're philanthropic have said yeah then you should you just should you just shouldn't you shouldn't have anyone's get rid yeah I'm not being funny or anything, but like in today's day and age, like it's really not that hard to find certain things elsewhere, like for people that actually want their content to be in the sea. Right, it is time to get into our Agni Anti segment. So, for those of you that don't know, this is a new segment that we're starting here on Mango Masala, which is basically delving into some real-life issues that you lot have sent in. Some confessions, some problems that you've been having that you want some expert advice on. And I say expert very lightly (laughs) when I say that. So we've got Halima, Simran, and Agni Antiji new member of mango masala to answer your queries so 
Let's get into the first one of this week. So I, 23 female, have been going on a lot of hinge dates over the past couple of years, but I've found them all to be very average. I rarely make it to the second date. I find dating apps to be so boring and unfulfilling that it feels like a chore to have the same conversations repeatedly. I've never been in a relationship before, but it seems increasingly likely that I won't find a man on these apps and I honestly don't have the energy to keep swiping. Do I give up the apps altogether and hope that I'm approached in real life and have a sexy workplace encounter with an eligible bachelor? What do they mean? Stop. Keeps. Keep wiping. Swiping. Swiping. Wiping. Oh, auntie. Eh? On the app, you have to swipe like that to say yes or no that you think they're good looking or not. Don't worry, Auntie, don't worry. She just, yeah. she just, just means saying she just yes means or no to the person. Yeah, she just on, means, on, am I going to have to keep on the app? Is she going to have to keep looking? You know what? I'm going to be honest. Like, I have heard this conundrum, this iterations of this exact conundrum in so many young adult women. I get it. I get it. I've heard so many of my friends. Simran, out of coincidence, how old are you? Oh my God. Me, 23 female. Interesting. Single. Mm. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) I get it. It is, it is honestly, it is jarring because I feel like on these apps, you come across a certain type of person and like obviously if you're like going on dates with them you have like the same kind of type maybe and you're going on these dates like i feel like it's the same format and the f- same vibe every single time like you go for dinner in london you meet you have like an awkward like hug hi what do you do <laughs> hug on Sorry, the first no date hugging, no hugging <laughs> god on do you need to get out there more because you'd be surprised people do a lot more on first dates Annie I'll tell you that and I just feel like yeah I get where this person's coming from like it's frustrating and then like they said like coming they said do do we get off the apps and just wait for someone to approach you in real life to which I say like it doesn't happen like people don't do that that's in that's in movies like that's so rare for that to happen i think they do but it's more like in in like um party environments oh yeah in everyone needs like drunk. dutch courage to do it they need yeah. a bit of like social like and it's just more like it's hookup culture rather than like yeah. dating but dating. like if i'm on the train in the morning you see someone and then you both just like stare at each other the entire train journey and you both just get off at your stops and never see each other again and it's like if this was before app time you probably would, just would have probably spoken, say hi yeah. and it's like what even forget like in a romantic setting but i feel like what even just happens to like is talking to people and just being like hey serious mode um so like don't a lot of um women especially not like or like them they more like that because they get so frustrated from guys who approach them in public like who gives you the right to kind of invade my space and start no but there's a way of doing it respect yeah and if you first get that like sign of like she's not interested go yeah leave get out there's no don't push it don't force it but i feel like now post pandemic and all of that like there is a big like this to this person's point like there's a big desire for people to actually want to meet people organically now these apps have given people so much like they've taken people's game away basically like you can think about your response you can perfectly curate it to like say whatever that person wants and also you get all the information it's it's it's, um, about them or they like i don't know dogs skiing going for walks you just you can lie and say you like all those things like whereas in person you build that connection face to face and you get rid of that like weird sense of like safety that app gives you i'm not gonna lie i have a different perspective um i'm i'm quite pro app because i a lot of my close friends have met like their long-term partners on apps um and i would say it might be kind of okay so this is the way that i i i see it like i get i completely understand everything that you're saying and a lot of the time it is kind of like the the problem of choice like with apps because if especially if you're like you know a a good looking man or a woman like there there is often like so much choice that you end up kind of like not being able to commit to one person and etc and etc um but there are different types of apps for different types of things i know hinge is kind of like the more 
serious one my advice to this young woman would be that because i'll be honest with you i've i have had so many of my female friends in exactly the same position and like and some of them still you know like where they are wanting to put themselves out there they're wanting to meet someone and they just cannot find a serious somebody but i will say that so many of them who they struggled for like a couple that you know their first couple years of putting themselves out there they do eventually find someone right and first and foremost the advice would be like resilience you really 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 need resilience because you are gonna have to kiss a lot of frogs and i don't necessarily some of that is because of like as i said that the problem of, of choice on these apps like it's just inundated with people and it's not always easy to tell who is or who isn't serious but i think there are things that you can do as well to kind of control the kind of interactions that you're having first and foremost is transparency is to be completely completely transparent about what you're on because i think more time the assumption is is that if you're meeting on an app that it's just unserious like you're not really trying to take it anywhere you're just trying to have a bit of fun if you were meeting in how don't worry about it Andy. like what 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 other means would you want to meet someone yeah don't worry auntie some people really just meet for, for just to have a bit of fun um so I, and, and like on hinge i know that you can put now like um i think you can put your um your dating preferences so like what you're looking for so i would say like just be completely transparent um and like really i think it might help if you curate like a set of questions that you kind of initially ask someone just to get it out the way to to kind of gauge whether someone's on your level whether there's someone who you want to get to know um, like, i understand that like as well in the modern like dating scene you it's very you can very quickly come across like whoa you're coming on strong if you straight up ask them like what are you looking for i'm looking for a relationship i where this person i think the main point of their query is coming from is that they're frustrated that it feels like they're having the same dates the same conversations with the same type of people and they said they're never getting to the second date it's just a whole bunch of first dates which i can really understand why that would be frustrating because if you're like yeah definitely getting ready hair and makeup on a saturday night like to go to the same like vibe kind of place in london manchester wherever like a bar yeah to meet someone to have the same like what do you do for fun what do you do for work do you have brothers and sisters what's your favorite color yeah. like i really really get why after a few of those you it is feel it like is very disheartening it so is. i think it's hard to be resilient you have definitely to be, you have i think to be. it's difficult to be and especially of course. if like i've seen on tiktok comments and things like that a lot of girls saying like we were there for three hours and he never asked me a question back he yeah never said like, oh what about men you? men are men are difficult bro men are really really difficult first dates are easy if you want to like make it to the second date or like get yeah like physical That's what actually or something counts. with someone like yeah. it's easy all you have to do stop it one second all you have to do is just keep asking them questions about themselves because people love talking about themselves yeah. people love just sitting there and being like i did this i did a ski season i went to this uni i studied this like people love that so I feel like to actually impress someone, all you have to do is ask them questions. It's true. It's the but second date is kind of what's a little bit more genuine connection. I feel like that's where this person's coming from in that they're like, it feels like having the same conversations <clears throat> repeatedly. It feels like a chore. Like that's where I sympathize. She's not finding Yeah, She's not finding it fun and she's finding it repetitive yeah. and she feels like there's just no hope for anything, yeah. for what she's looking for. But I, again, my advice would be just because that, is what she's getting doesn't mean that that's all that's out there yeah like people resilience thing but like it is hard but also but it's resilience but also change your dating tactic like if you're finding that every single time you're going out on these dates you're ending up with the same type of guy Mm. having the same type of conversations maybe think about the kind of men that you're going out with maybe change up the date setting a little bit you know because i think often people are like sometimes with men we think like oh my god men are so like sure they know what they want they're so blah 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 blah. actually it's not the case you know oftentimes men are also very nervous and don't know what they want and so what happens is that both parties end up following like dating blueprints you know Mm, like kind of the generic okay let's go out for dinner and let's go out for a drink and let's have this kind of conversation maybe switch up the date setting maybe go on do something a little bit different maybe something that kind of um forces you guys to interact in a different kind of way or forces you guys to show different parts of yourself to each other and also 
um hinge is not like talking apps are not the only type of dating apps i know some of my single friends have tried this app if this person is based in london um yeah Yeah. like some of my friends have been trying thursday so okay i've heard about thursdays yeah the people that have gone and they're not bad events but they turn into a more like professional networking events apparently they turn more into like linkedin parties yeah i mean i can dating parties i mean i can imagine that but once again it's just you have to go with you have to put out the energy that you want to see back in yourself i would say dating apps are so not the be all and end all like if you're saying like in this like when will someone approach me or when will i have a sexy workplace encounter I feel like there's nothing actually stopping you from approaching someone on the train. From approaching I was someone just about work, to say that. I was about to say someone that. someone in a bar with yeah. your little bit of liquid courage. Like, there's a weird balance, actually, yeah. I feel like. is people being like, I'm a woman, I'm independent, I can go approach a man, men find that sexy. Versus being like, no, men want demure, like, quiet woman that, you know, I'm the man and I'm going to approach her. I feel like, just experiment. If the apps aren't working out, take it... Yeah, one hundred percent. Hundred percent. If you see someone who you're like, you know what, I actually like the look of this person, yeah. or you meet someone and you vibe. Exactly. But just that's ask my them point out. of being like, what happened to just talking to people on the street these days? Like, not not even romantically. Yeah, just because it like, doesn't happen to you doesn't mean you can't do it. Vibe of people that like the same gender as you as a different gender like just being going up to people and being like hey the other day i went to that spin class right two girls in the spin class were in the supermarket afterwards and i remember i just literally without thinking about it i was like hey you guys are in that spin class and we just sat stood, stood there for like five minutes in the aisle having a chat and we was like all right have a nice night i'll see you at spin class next week and i was like that was it's so nice. normal. Yeah. But wow. like, I know a lot of people would never dream of doing that. And you don't like, know oh, that. you don't approach, like, what the hell, that's weird, that's weird. And I've been told I'm weird for doing stuff like that, but I feel like... I think it's it just... Be you don't know what kind of friendship might... You, Simran. Pardon? It's the northern in you. Happens a that lot. That is a very here. northern trait. Yeah, maybe. And you don't know what kind of friendships that but might come from true. that. Like, people think I'm very strange for doing stuff like that. So like I can see why southerners are thinking strange. people and being like, hey... Um, what are you listening to or like oh like i remember there's this one guy on the train who was listening to like some drake song some really old random i was like oh sick just started having a conversation we both on our separate ways that was it that's quite normal in the north i would say like yeah, I, I think not, like everyone so not but you'll be surprised with how friendly people actually are once you start speaking to them yeah it's true but if the apps aren't working and you're in this position where you're frustrated and you want someone to meet you in real life and you want to keep it like you want to meet organically there's nothing stopping you mm-hmm. from going out there. And I feel like it's going to take practice. You might flop a couple of times. Yeah. like, But that's how you, how you build confidence when you realise yeah. like that one situation had no consequences. It doesn't define you and nothing came from it. So like you both just go on with your days. Yeah. And also I would say like one final advice for me as well is that I understand the pressure, as especially as women, to get picked like to be chosen to feel as though like you have to have a partner you have to be in a relationship and even though like we might be super independent modern women there is always a part of us that's very much tied into this idea that like your worth is kind of denoted by your relationship status and i would say like of course i understand nothing will ever really replace romantic love and having a romantic partner and connection however you are still very 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 young and i would say like take uh, take the pressure off yourself you know if you're gonna if you want to carry on with these hinge dates maybe part of the reason why it feels so much worse than it might actually be is because every single date you're going to you're thinking of it in terms of like is this person going to be my boyfriend and then when they're inevitably not you're kind of left reeling whereas if you just if you pick men who you genuinely get on with in terms of when you're chatting on the app then when you go regardless or not of whether there's a romantic connection and you decide to see each other again if it's someone who you get on with you're gonna have a good time you know and like maybe you could be friends with them so i would think of it as like you know you're young you're single it's so nice to have the opportunity to just meet people experience new things think of it like that and then and it's so cliche but when the right when it's the right time the right person will come yeah, along i agree and in the meantime just have fun like this is what like i say to my friends that have been in like similar situations if you take it for what it is in that you got to sit there for an hour with your music on blast like putting your makeup on feeling good about yourself yes. for yourself you get to leave go to a nice city to sit in a nice bar to sit across an attractive person and then just talk for a whole evening have a, have good a couple of drinks have some nice food i don't know mini golf or whatever like 
you just interacted with another human that you didn't know before. You've learned something somewhere, whether it's about you or the other person. It's kind of, it's a win either way. I still get why it's frustrating, but also like to your point, these apps are designed to give you very temporary, like short bursts of validation. And when you come off the apps, you'll be like forced to confront the fact that you've not, you've no longer got that source of validation and you have to find it from within. Hundred And like I always say to everyone, it always feels worse before it gets better. Yeah. Always with everything. It gets worse before it gets better. But once you confront those feelings, you feel the feelings and you work it out in yourself. When you come back to dating, you'll be in a position where like you're the balls in your court. You've got the power. You can then like assess the situation for what it is. And you'll come back with higher standards, I believe. Like the whole situation, you'll come at it with a new perspective. So that frustration will go and you'll just be in there with the right intentions as well. And then you'll be able to weed out anyone that doesn't have the right intentions and just ace up. Yeah, 100%. That's the tea. And that concludes this week's Agni Anti segment. Make sure that you tune in each week for a new problem from our listeners that we are going to try and help out with. Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuning into Mango Masala, Pi Radio South Asian show. My name's Gaines. I'm here with Halima. Hey, guys. So you go in the cinema in a bit. What are you seeing? I'm watching Creed 3. What is, is it related to Assassin's Creed? Assassin's Creed is the video game. Yeah, I thought maybe they'd make a movie about it. I don't no, know. No, it's, it's, it's related to Rocky. It's like a spin-off from Rocky. Oh, what, boxing? Yeah. Oh, is it Michael B. Jordan? Yeah. Oh, Michael B. Jordan. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting thing, actually. I want to talk about it. That's reminding me. Okay, good, good thinking. What? Right. What? So, have you seen the clip of him that's gone viral recently? Of Michael B. Jordan? Yeah. Basically, he's, been, get, he's been getting interviewed because of this film that's come out. Um, and the person who's interviewing him um went to school with him and yeah, i've not seen this yeah and he it's been quite i think it's been quite well known that like when he was at school people used to take the mickey out of him quite a lot because like he used to obviously be so set on becoming an actor and everyone was like come off it like oh and people, used to make, people used to make fun of him because obviously his name is michael jordan they'd be like realistically oh. like come on like you can't be another michael jordan like blah 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 and oh. one of these people that would have done that was on this red carpet and interviewed him and she was and then he was like oh weren't you blah 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 and she was like oh yeah yeah and he was like oh yeah you used to like take the mickey out of me a bit didn't you and she was like no he didn't he was like yeah you did <laughs> and i think oh my yeah. god we love we love an underdog victory. <laughs> we love an underdog victory. I love to see that. I love to hear that. I, but I love Michael Jordan, by the way. Like, I love him. I mean, besides for the obvious reasons, a lot of people, like, clown him a little bit. People are like, oh, my God, he's got no sex appeal or whatever. I'm thinking, what Michael B. Jordan are you not saying? Yeah, Who's, who say says that? that? <laughs> Bear man say he doesn't have sex appeal. Like... I like him. I like him, but I I love that story. I love I love like um, sto- like kind of I love an underdog story. No, I think it it stands a testament. Like I'm not really much of like a TV person. Like it's so funny. Like you can show me. It might be a good op- an opportunity for content actually. Like show me pictures of people, and I have no idea who they are. Like literally no idea. I'm um, a bit like that. Yeah. I'm a bit like that. I can't lie. But um, I think I, I imagine his acting must be good to for him to have got to where he is, and I think this is another testament to that. The fact that another Michael Jordan has managed to be that successful. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe I'll name my kid Michael Jordan. Maybe there's something very very lucky about the name Michael Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Michael C. Jordan. That can be my. <laughs> Michael C. My Jordan. point is, obviously, if he was just some, if he wasn't good at what he did, then I don't think he would be that successful. Because let's be honest, like to make a name for yourself with the same name as like one of the greatest basketball players in history, if not the greatest yeah, basketball player. You got to stand player, out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of yeah. course. But yeah, I think he. I haven't actually watched the full video of the interview. I've heard that he handled himself quite well in the sense that he did the interview, but was quite like, mm, 
Like, yeah, I yeah. would be too. Of course, you would be smug, wouldn't you? Like, you look clowned me. Look, look, or not look even at me now. smug, but just a bit like cold. Like, don't try and poly with me now. Like, literally used to take the Mickey yeah. out of me in school. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Aww, I love that for Michael B. Jordan. Well, yeah. Hope the film's good. Thank you, everyone, that's tuned in today to this episode of Mango Masala. We've still got my interview with Jordane coming up. She is a R&B soul artist from Australia, can you believe? But yeah, stick around for that. We're going to be talking about her latest track, Is It Wrong? So yeah, but Halima, thanks for tuning in. Unlike Simran, thanks, guys. who's living up in Paris. Oh, as you love do. you, Simran. Hope you're having a good time. Jealous. Mm. Yeah. Inshallah, that will be me in a few days. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala. My name's Gerns, and I am joined here by Jordan. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Like, just before we started chatting, we are saying we're actually filming this, guys, on different days. Would you believe Jordan is a day ahead of me because <laughs> she is all the way across the globe in Australia and check me like oh, 26 years of age just still wrapping my head around the whole like um, so weird. So weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah happy morning to you thank you You're ready for bed <laughs> yeah gonna go and watch love island after this and then go to bed ah uh, yes priorities priorities <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah for the people out there that maybe don't know about you and your music do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself yeah um i uh, born in Australia, I'm from Australia, um, South Asian background. I'm an R&B solo singer. Um, I've been singing for all my life. I was brought up with like lots of country, lots of um, broad range, like lots of blues music. Um, and now I just, yeah, I'm truly trying to explore my, um, explore the R&B soul area. It doesn't really, there's not really a scene over here in Australia. So it's really interesting to see even over in the UK and all over the world, there's like, it's really nice to see South Asian artists um, and how, yeah, how they're exploring it. So it's nice to, nice to start it up, I guess, in Australia. So I definitely got that, um, the whole R&B soul vibes from um, your latest track, Is It Wrong? So who would you say like your main influences are? I'd say some like the background of it would be like Lauren Hill, um, some of the old school classics, classic of the nineties. But then I think it's really nice to see like Kalani and um, her and like the more the more modern R and B and how that's like yeah. I think it's there's a lot of different influences, which is really cool, especially now today. I mean, you touched upon it just then um, as well, but maybe not in terms of the Australian South Asian R&B scene, but in terms of the Australian South Asian music scene as a whole, like what, what, yeah. what's that, what's that like? Like, cause I don't really, apart from mm-hmm. Selena Sharma, I don't really know like that much about um, the scene over there. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a very limited scene. I think the music scene in general in Australia is still something that's being built. And I think the South Asian music scene is something that's, it's just below that, I think. So um, there's a lot of really amazing groups and creators and collectors out there that are really trying to build a space, uh, which is really, really lovely to see. And really, yeah, it's, it's, there's a definitely a sense of community that's building in Australia, which is really lovely. So going back to you, um, you said you've been pretty much, into music all your life what was it that made you make the decision that I want to actually pursue this like properly I want to like release singles I want to release music videos that sort of thing I think from a young age it was really like we were we had all the family bands and we all had to go and play for all the family parties and that was really lovely to that was really nice to do but I think um the idea of actually releasing my own music wasn't really something that was in my thought process. Um, but my brother does music as well. He produces and releases. So I think both of us kind of bounce each other, bounce the energy off each other. And um, here we are today, both of us releasing and just trying. I think, yeah, it's it's nice to say that there actually is a possible, like the, there are opportunities to do it. Your most recent single, Is It Wrong? Yeah. I'm very glad that, you sent that to us because honestly like I got that in our 
email inbox and I was like wow I actually can't believe that someone's reaching out to us about this <laughs> like this is actually it's like because honestly like I just love the vibe of it so much I love Thank like you. your voice over it um and the music video as well but we'll get into that in a second um but yeah. do you want to give us um the premise of like how that song came about and like what the story is behind it that sort of thing yeah um thank you first of all um I my brother my brother and one of my friends came over to Melbourne um and I wrote that spare of the moment in my living room and um it's I guess I guess I wrote the song about um how in I guess in relationships you could talk about we can kind of see that there's like we always think about the what ifs and um like what if, what if we're still together like what if um what what would time be like right now if we were together if we continued something that we ended um and just the thought of like it, is it wrong really of thinking about that and thinking about what could have been um yeah I think it's it's a nice I, I really really trying to go down the R&B lane I think I've been like with my previous two songs it was I was kind of exploring fusion and seeing where seeing where it could take me but I really wanted to try a classic R&B which I think I think it went kind of more down that way a lot more um yeah I really I really enjoy making this song and I've had had it for so long like I listened to it so many times so now here I'm like oh yeah sick of it <laughs> sat on it for so long <laughs> I mean, I hope I don't get to that stage of overplaying it too much. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm still in that stage of like really enjoying it. And the music video as well, which I'm not sure if that's out publicly yet or... No, no, no. Not, not yet. I mean, I think I've seen a little snippet of it, so I'm sure this isn't a spoiler, yeah. but it revolves a bit yeah. around um, basketball. Is that right or is it a different... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So are you a basketball player or was that purely for the music video? Like, I'm a netballer. Okay. By the way, my play, I think people have caught me out. People are going on at me about my, my trying of basketball. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to do something completely different. I think the song is, um, it's because it's such a, like a classic 90s, like such an R&B, like it's a classic. I feel like um, I wanted to do something completely out of the ballpark I guess which is ironic but um yeah something completely different which I think we'll see how that goes it's very different I don't play basketball people are already attacking me yeah look well I mean (laughs) I don't play basketball either but so and but Neve, I imagine neither does the majority of people are going to watch this video. And to me, you looked very much like you were very much in your comfort zone and knew what you were doing. So I hope I hope so because yeah, mm, was not definitely not. <laughs> Moving forward, then obviously you've said about how this most recent track you've kind of moved away from the fusion more towards specifically R and B, um, and it's worked out well for you. So do you reckon in the future you're going to stick more in this R and B realm, or is there other areas that you'd like to explore as well? I'm really into exploring. I um. As much as I love the R&B, I think it's really cool how I think like the way Thames as well, for example, has just like brought in these different fusions like Afro and R&B. I think it's really amazing. Um, And yeah, I really am into fusion and just trying different things. I think it's really cool. I think I was speaking to someone the other day about like having a sound and I think my sound is less of a particular genre of R&B or Afrobeats or whatever like pop or something like it's more of like I try to use my voice as the as the genre and use my voice as whatever like kind of use that into whatever genre it goes into that's a really interesting way of like thinking about it actually I'd never really thought about how like yeah. the way the voice is used can actually change the genre maybe even more than the way their instrumentation is and stuff like that yeah Totally. I think her is a really good example of that. I think she's she does that really well. She's always on so many different tracks and it just sounds like another one of like just another track of hers, but um it's like it might be house or it might be Afrobeats or it might be it's so random the way that she does it. I love it. Cool. Well, I definitely look forward to hearing that then. Um rounding things off, um obviously you've said about how you want to release more music that kind of explores all these different genres. Um no limit whatsoever like 
what would you say your main goal is for the end of 2023? Because crazily, we are already two months through, but we've still got um, another 10 months left. So what's the goal for you for the end of this year? It's crazy. I can't believe it's already been two months. Um, I, I'm i really trying to release consistently this year and just get a like grow my catalogue. I think for the past couple of years, I've always been saying this, but I'm hoping that this year, now that I've started it off early, I'm hoping that I can consistently release and just I've got so much music and I've been working with so many amazing producers and people so I really just want to give those songs the light of day and actually just get them out and hopefully have a show at the end like have have multiple shows throughout the year um maybe do a headline at the end of the year though that'd be amazing well I really look forward to seeing that and hopefully you end up in the UK at some point down the line definitely love to see that um so for the people out there that want to follow you on your journey where's the best place for them to find you uh it's probably best to follow me on instagram um just to change my handle because people keep forgetting how to pronounce my name so just underscore jaw underscore date <laughs> but um Very yeah nice. i'm on spotify everything as well jordan is it wrong on mango masala pie radio south asian show Coming to the end of the episode now, um, just want to say thank you to everyone that has tuned in. It has been a very jam-packed episode, but hopefully you guys enjoy and I can definitely say that we will be delivering a lot more of this in the weeks to come. Make sure you give us a follow on all socials at Mango Masala Radio, and I will see you next week.